I got a pair of uh, Bose uh, noise canceling headphones a few years ago, and sure as shit, I left it on a goddamn plane. And ten minutes after I realized it, like I was just off of the plane, I called, and of course, no one found them or my copy of Stephen King's It. Bose is the one set of headphones that I think. I feel people normally have had a few people be like, "Oh, this is awful," or yeah. "This it's is." It's not as good as it, as they say it's going to be. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a trend of like, "Oh, these are great," but yeah. I don't travel enough anymore. Sure. If I was still touring, I would have get them. But oh like, yeah, but the noise canceling, I not I don't need that anymore. Yeah, life. for me, like if I did that, my wife would get mad. She'd be <laughs> like, "You can't hear the baby crying," and I'm like, "Oh yeah, exactly." <laughs> Isn't that yeah? That's the point. Right? Oh, can I not point. hear oh, the baby cry? I didn't I'm even sorry. realize that. I'm too busy playing video games. My bad. Mind Gap Podcast. Guys, welcome to Mind Gap. I'm Doug. I'm Justin. And we are here live from Second City. <laughs> Even though we're recording, we're live. So we're here in the, uh, currently in Judy's Beat Lounge in Second City with our very special guest. Uh, he has so many accolades, we'll just introduce him first. Please welcome Anthony LeBlanc. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for coming, man. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. And thanks for finding this space, because this is cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is... I have not been into this this specific theater yet and this is really, this is really yeah. awesome this is really cool part of our new expansion uh, for the training center which is great uh, so we have a lot of space two new theaters a lot of uh, new spaces for people to to use as well so it's really cool yeah it's very cool very nice I, it's it's excellent so we appreciate you taking the time to hang out with us oh, so uh, for those of you who don't know Anthony and you absolutely should um, Anthony uh, is a current uh, resident director here at Second City um, he was he's wrote two uh, reviews for the main stage uh, he's a teacher, uh, and he's also a computer science and physics major. Mm-hmm. Congratulations on that! Thanks. <laughs> yes, yeah. that, those are. I originally was going to do computer science, and I was like, "Oh, I'm bad at math. I guess I'm going to have to do something else." So you it's did so that fun, and coupled though. it with physics, and yeah. I was like, "Damn!" Because computer science was just not hard enough, so uh, we yeah, had yeah. To, we had to throw in the, the physics. In yeah. There. Well, my eventual goal in life it had to have both. So yeah. my, my goal in life was to hopefully create AI systems for NASA. So that was my goal like in life was like, oh, I'd love to create like this AI system that runs like a deep space mission or is a satellite that goes out. Like I That's create really something cool. that can All right, cool. That. Since you mentioned AI, I want to dive down. We're going to go ahead and go on an immediate <laughs> mind gap. <laughs> So obviously, if that's your goal, do you mm-hmm. think true AI could ever really be created like the way we see in movies? Oh, man. So here's a discussion I actually recently had with, <laughs> an, I guess, almost like a weird screaming match that happened at, <laughs> uh, at the bar across the street at Corcoran's. Um, but uh, 1959, we have a bar here at Second City. Uh, right uh, uh, so the one of the things that was so crazy, like we got into this argument about AI and whether or not the perfection of AI is a perfect machine mm-hmm. or a machine that fools us, right? And that's, okay. that's, that's kind of the big divide in AI. Sure. Um, and my uh, main teacher uh, that I had for a lot of my classes at Loyola, he actually also uh, become the uh, chair of the of the computer science department for the War College. Mm-hmm. So he, he him and his friend, his associate, 
um, created the logistical systems for the first Gulf War. Like he, wow. like he, like he created all the things that tracked like where things should go. They created an AI system that was able to kind of like the same like Walmart does with their um, product <laughs> deployment. I'm sorry, we yeah. just went from military development to also the same thing as Walmart. It's all, it's all <laughs> the same. They there's a shocking if you Venn diagram both of those, there's a shocking <laughs> amount of overlap. Absolutely, um, but there's a whole like kind of logistical thing of where you can use systems to predict like where sure. best to deploy stuff. So like I said, like Walmart uses it for like, ooh, there's not enough toothpaste here. So that's mm. the whole thing is that they put right. um, s- shipments together that are mm. of multiple things to, and that's how they optimize their value, sure. right? Um, same thing happens in this case with uh, in Iraq or in the Persian Gulf. They would be able to figure out like, okay, we need to get this many rations here or more bullets here based off of okay. what people are reporting. And that whole system was able to instantly make those choices and save time. Okay. Right? All right. So um, his big thing, which I kind of agree with to a certain degree, is that the problem with an AI system is that the more human you make it, the more issues you might come into of that idea of like sure. it might kill us or whatever it might be. Yeah. But if it's the most efficient machine it can be, it's learning to be a better machine, mm-hmm. which starts to remove a lot of the human issues or fallibilities that we might have. Sure. Interesting. So so for example, um, if you told a computer, okay, I want you to solve a population problem, and you put into it nothing but pure, this does this, cause and effect, looking at climate effect, whatever, mm-hmm. then if it's a great machine, it'll keep becoming more efficient as what is the most numerical, math-efficient way to deal with that and minimize effect of something. Mm-hmm. Now, you still have a little bit of the weirdness of what you consider to be good or bad effect that mm-hmm. is affected by human interaction Mm. but hopefully as a computer it gets great at being able to figure out what is the minimal impact of the earth to then deal with population right if you have something that's being more ai it will start to try and figure out and and learn a little bit of like using morality or things like that that then starts to lead you to a place where it starts being more affected by the programmer versus being less affected as it learns to be more efficient. Because that's the whole thing is both cases, you're setting it on a path to learn more. Yeah. But what it's learning is different. Drastically different. And so that, so I think that, you know, do we want true AI in this path of like closer to human-like? Uh, that I think is a little weirder. Like, uh, like, well, can that happen? Absolutely. Do we want that? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Do we want more efficient on the AI best computers? Absolutely. Because... Sure. It'll hopefully find things that we will never figure out because it's looking at it div- like divorced as much as it can sure. from human interaction. Now, there's still that programming factor of like whoever programs it put certain conditions on it, right. which are influenced by what we consider to be good or bad or right or wrong or that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So you you do think though that there's a way to have it go down the more human humanistic. Yeah, road where yes, it actually yeah. develops like its own its own set of morals more or less. I, or? I think I think it can, but it's still going to still be affected by the creator, right? Okay, That's yeah, the yeah, whole yeah. Thing it's just like a child, right? The sure. child is imbued by the morality of their parents and the society it grows up in right. and the time it grows up in, right? So that's the same thing you have if you're going more mild this, you know, more human path of AI and mm-hmm. passing the Turing test type world. Sure. Then yeah, that that definitely is the thing. I think that's possible. Yeah, the I, question is, do you want that? Right, right. And do you think there'll ever be a, tr- a true moment because, you know, the in, the in the in the sense of like more like a human AI mm-hmm. because it's being programmed by a human, do you think it will ever actually because humans, you know, in, 
are flawed and mm-hmm. you know we're not we'll be able to kind of create that true um, technology that will actually be able to think for itself and act on itself do you think that's even possible well think for itself acting for itself is not independent of the moral things that are laid on it I mean sure. that's again it's like a child right yeah so I think that yes we have uh, you know sentient beings that are artificial in nature that mm. I think is inevitability if yeah. we choose that path which we seem to have chosen <laughs> but <laughs> but I think it we will never be able to divorce it from our our systems that we create because mm-hmm. it's only can learn based off of what we create in those systems if it goes that path sure right that's the whole kind of divergence a little bit of those two things is that you have to set more of the rules for that AI that is more human because it's learning to be human. So it's it's assimilating information from how we behave. Mm-hmm. Now, it has to sort through different cultures, different interactions and things. That's the whole point is that hopefully you feed it enough of the human race that it becomes the best version of it. Sure. It can right? find the middle ground of yeah. not to this way, not to this exactly. way. Exactly. Yeah. But if you go this other path of the purely machine, then it's – going to be less likely to be influenced by some of that stuff because it's looking more at the math, the numbers, the systems. You know, the only thing it's been influenced by is the initial conditions of this is a good thing, this is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, the idea if you believe in climate change and the idea that, you know, melting ice caps is a bad thing, then, yeah, that's going to be – that's the initial morality that you put into it. Right. But you're no longer incorporating the feelings of – who lives where or who has who who makes money from the oil industry uh, how that affects people's lives and jobs and mm-hmm. and like a town that might disappear if you get rid of this oil refinery right? Yeah. right that won't matter to the computer that is all looking at climate change is this changes are bad how do we minimize the changes versus the more human one is going to be more concerned about looking at how like how does it affect people how do people work what like what do towns disappear how sure. do you change those over to things that are able to you know that's a whole yeah. other yeah. path amazing I, yeah I, so when you if you were to then design you would obviously your path seems to be that you would want to take it more of the best computer it can be route yeah i think i think that's the route you're going especially when you're dealing with something that's like controlling systems. Yeah, now, yeah. now the idea of that same thing though, is that you still have a human who is along with that to make choices or there aren't humans at all. Right. Okay, so that's yeah, yeah. that difference of, um, uh, uh, you know, a deep space probe is making choices of when to fire, you know, rockets or not. and has a certain amount of fuel that it's saved. It knows it's on a path to try and slingshot to then get to a certain. So that doesn't matter. You know, yeah, that's yeah. all math. And it's numbers, taking its right? calculations in it. Yeah. yeah. And deciding when to record or send pictures back and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Or you have a, pl- a system where it is helping the astronauts who are there, mm-hmm. but the astronauts in the end are able to override those. They're things. able to make the so final decision. So they're yeah. making the human choices where the computer is offering here are the best choices based on the parameters that we have you now have to make the final call of like whether we jettison this or do this to survive if something goes wrong is that still something that you want to do like is is that still the ultimate goal or now that you've gotten into comedy has it shifted yeah it's it's this (laughs) but but a lot of it has to do with with time and world like i I, i'm so far like when i was touring i was so i was at a point where like i have to make a choice because i'll be so far behind the uh, where I need to be because sure. as a scientist you have you have to have multiple PhDs and yeah. you know, like, and there's I think that's kind of crazy too like um, 
did the like, maybe beginning of my touring when I kind of made the choice like I'm gonna follow this path and see where it goes and uh, space is not a thing that will happen for me if I go back <laughs> to this it'll be working at a university maybe sure. do contract work for someone and that kind of stuff sure. um, but you know I went to a special trip to the Johnson Space Center and got to do a little backstage stuff and, and uh, I knew a, a person who knew some people so I was able to kind of do that and um, it was kind of crazy when you learn about like it takes forever even as a scientist, you could be on that campus, have your project go up, but you never go. Mm-hmm. So, so because who you choose as that mission specialist or the scientists who go to do that actual experiment mm. is also a select group of people. So they'll make one scientist who's a mission specialist might take up maybe another person who helps. This is back in the day of having shuttle systems and yeah, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. And then they would take 10 different projects with them. So your project might go, but you gotcha. never get chosen to actually be an astronaut mm-hmm. who goes up. So was one of the end games for you then to actually go to space? That was I'd love to have done that. That's oh my so god! But yeah. but you know like, so that but, terrifies the hell out of me. Though. <laughs> like I I love that's a very romantic notion, but mm-hmm. when I think of it, I'm like, fuck no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> it's so scary. Yeah. So but yeah, but the, but when when I moved to Chicago after. I decided to stay past the year I originally was just going to be here. That was like, all right, and I'm already kind of back on that. And then when I got hired by Second City, then it was like, all right, so I'm that I'm here. that part of that is there is gone. Yeah. If I I didn't plan on touring and then being done with touring and then going, okay, now I'll go to a place, go back to grad school, and go to a place where there is improv, hopefully, yeah. or be a part of something or start something that's improv. Mm. Uh, and uh, but then I'll go on that path of being a professor or work at a you know. Some kind of firm or work somewhere, to, you know, company doing stuff. Um, but then I got hired for the uh, main stage, and then that <laughs> was that. And, that. and that's the new path now. Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> one of the most unique stories of like, uh, how'd you get into comedy? Well, I really wanted to go to space, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but not too far off different though. This yeah. is the fun part of like the, people ask me that question. Like, wow, why is that? Is it, but when I was a kid, I never cared about being famous. I didn't. Mm. I don't care about that. I still sure. don't. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, would I take a job writing for some show? I'd love to be a showrunner and create my own shows. It'd be amazing. Yeah. But when I was a kid, I always obsessed with being a part of something that affected humanity or changed humanity. So, like for me, I never wanted to be Oppenheimer, but I would want to be a part of the team that creates this new technology that sure. forever changes the world. Yeah. So that's kind of the same thing I feel about Second City. It's like I've been a part of something where. You know, throughout many phases of my life, be it as a touring company member, being on main stage for two shows, and now as a director, like I'm helping to affect people, sometimes 300 people at a time, sure. right? Sometimes larger than that. Yeah. Uh, and also helping to teach and train people who are also going to affect and make commentary about the world. Because I believe in satire. I believe in the idea like comedy is a weapon, use it as an agency of change. Uh, it also gives relief from sometimes the, the awful that happens in the world. So, Helping that to become more of a force is something I think is just as, you know, human trajectory changing yeah. as being a part of the space program. That's a pretty noble pursuit and uh, very self-aware for even as a kid to have that, to like not to know that you didn't want to. It wasn't the fame you were running for. Yeah. It was the being a part of something bigger. Like yeah. that's that's pretty awesome as a kid to yeah, have that awareness. Yeah, well, let's get real. Here's this was weird. Like I always play <laughs> I always play as a paladin. If I'm playing D&D or nice. any kind of game, I'm always a paladin. <laughs> nice. I'm always lawfully good. I mean, I'm, I'm a person <laughs> I'm people who know me very well. I'm, I'm a real rule follower. I mean, like within reason, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, and I, 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 
even up until this day, I've never snuck into a movie ever. Okay. I will go to see multiple movies in a day. I'll go buy a ticket for every movie. <laughs> I go back to the ticket place to show them the ticket to prove that I am not stealing yeah. movies. Right, right. Me. I'm allowed yeah. to be in here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because one of the things that this has come up recently, um, one thing that my parents always kind of taught me, because uh, I, I was a late surprise baby. My mm-hmm. brother was nine years older than me. My their parents didn't think they were going to have a kid because my parents are much older. Like mm-hmm. my um, uh, my dad was 73 when he passed away. My mom is 74 now. So wow. they're older folks sure. who grew up in a Jim Crow South, right? Yeah. A very different world and era. And they always, they were activists. People really cared. They marched a lot. But they always had this kind of general kind of idea or, or theme of you always follow the rules because you don't want to give people excuses to put you down mm. and also so when you break the rules it means something huh. so if you're following all these other rules you can't say like oh well, you're just a bad person you use break the rules all the time it's like no no, no. i'm choosing not to do this thing because right. there's a point or purpose to what's happening so if i follow the law all the way with this but i defy this law that i find unjust then you know it's not because i'm a lawbreaker it's because i don't believe in the law itself this is the stand you've chosen to take and it, it, it makes a louder statement yeah, yeah. That's and plus brilliant. that's what uther lightbringer would do paladin yes. of that's a warcraft 3 <laughs> reference but yeah um, <laughs> that's all good i was a Jedi paladin when i was playing uh, world of warcraft oh nice yeah, yeah. i've actually uh, started playing that again recently just to check out oh, the new expansion the new. you and, like uh, it it's okay. okay. I, I only play it like once or twice a week because I have a child, and yeah. it's like really hard to kind of get into it. But it's fine. It's it's kind of gotten dumbed down over the years. I gotcha. So. I usually have like a. I'm in the, the process of uh, helping create a new main stage show, and I always have like a process game that I try and do. Sure. Uh, when I was on stage as an actor, I'd, I played Warcraft. I would play it backstage because I'd be here, um, <laughs> That's and awesome. just um, whenever I had downtime. Uh, but I thought about possibly doing it for this process, yeah. but then I was like, ah, don't really want to commit to that. I mean, it is pretty casual now. All in right. a sense, like, I mean, I don't know. When was the last time you played? Ooh, I think it was, uh, it was, um, was it Cataclysm? Oh, God, you played Cataclysm? Okay. I did not play Mr. Pandaria. Okay, I was like, Mr. Pandaria? That's where I'm like, I'm out. I did not play that. I'm not playing as a panda. (laughs) Fuck that shit. This is Kung Fu Panda. I'm not doing it. Um, Yeah, I played Warlords of Draenor, and then I just started playing this again. They've made it so it's a lot easier. Guys, it's time for video game talk with Anthony and Doug. Oh, I love video Um, games. And uh, they basically make it, before it was like if you wanted to raid, like you had to join a raid like guild and you had to get like prepped. Mm -hmm. Now they have a looking for raid system. Okay. So like it's much simpler. So it's basically like pickup groups. Okay. Um, You don't get as good loot, but also you get a chance to experience the end game game content through. And you can practice. And I think it's, I argue it's better for the other guilds that are recruiting people because people get to learn the fights. They learn the mechanics. It gets more difficult as you go along if you go to actual like heroic or mythic yeah. uh, level uh, stuff. So it's it's fun to kind of – because I was always mad because when I played I was like, I want to see – I want to see Ragnaros. I can't because mm-hmm. I don't – I'm not in a guild and I don't have the time to dedicate yeah. to go through all this really cool shit that they have. And I'm like, oh, I'll never get to fight Illidan. I'll never mm-hmm. get to fight Arthas. Yeah. Well, that's why I never – never. that's why I decided not to get it. Yeah. Is because like at this point – I'm trying to remember Cataclysm. I'm trying to remember what level that ended. I was like 80, maybe? I think it was 85. For yeah. Cataclysm. And so, so the thing is, like, do I want to grind through to 100? Mm-hmm. Or am I going to be the jerk who just levels up to the 90? Yeah. You know, and then I don't know how to play all that stuff. Yeah. Right. And so that's the thing that kind of got me because 
I also was a person I never really I never joined a guild ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I played so slowly that I just kind of ground up to the level that I sure. needed to be at, but I never really did any like major raids yeah. uh, and stuff. I could you know, I would join like, you know, groups that were kind of looking for sure. you know, different dungeon type stuff or instances, yeah. but I never really did giant raids. Yeah, I did once. It was it was this group. It was like an established guild, and they're like, you know what? We'll pick up a couple stragglers. Who out there wants to try and go, uh, you know, and try to go to fight Fragneros? So I'm like, me, me, let me go. And I went in there, and like, they were killing a bunch of trash mobs, and like this like belt dropped for me. And they're like, ah, no one wants this because everyone has this. I'm like, I'll take it. Uh-huh. I was like, I wore it with pride. I'm like, that's right. I went in a raid and I got this fucking belt. It's purple. <laughs> that means it's awesome. It's part of a set that I will never get. Mm-hmm. But I got one piece of it. Suck it. <laughs> I was so excited just to see what it was like to be in there. Yeah. Because I was like, I you just you get to see videos. You hear people talking about it mm-hmm. all the time. And there's all these great like boss fights yeah. that are so affected by the story. And I'm like, I'll never get to see it because I don't have time. Pat and I choose not to spend that much time on it either. Yeah. Because I'm like, it gets crazy and people get real mad and people get real i mean watching videos you're like oh i mean this is a video game everybody don't don't oh it is (laughs) i was playing last night people were dropping the n-word when people were messing up i was like come on man like i don't i worked all week to play i don't want to see this shit like what are you doing first of all you guys are idiots Mm -hmm. why are you pulling all the trash mobs and fighting the boss right justin i mean i was i didn't want to say it but (laughs) yeah That's what I was thinking the whole time. Uh, you know, like, well, yeah. why, why are we starting the, the boss raid when yeah. we've got all this trash just I slinging mean, you shit can, at us? You yeah. Can, yeah, clean, take out the trash. Yeah, yeah. I would say. Yeah, <laughs> forget about it. Put the compactor. <laughs> um, yeah, I. But that, that's one of the things. Like, uh, yeah, I, I. I never really watched a ton of those raid videos where yeah. I lost maybe like a month of my life <laughs> of my free time watching. Uh, and I eventually buying the game, watching Minecraft videos. Oh yeah, where I, where I wasn't. I was like, let me watch some videos before I decide to get involved in this thing. And then I was like, they're like 15 minutes long. This one guy just watched <laughs> him play through. And I just, like, I got lost. And that guy told me, I'm like, I'm on episode 100 and something watching him, like, go to the nether and do all this other stuff. And I was like, what am I doing right now? <laughs> Why am I? And I haven't even bought the game at this point. And then eventually I got it and yeah. played it. And I, I love it. It's super yeah. fun. Like, I don't play it as much as some other people. But sure. that's a fun, like, just... Hey man, I got like, thirty minutes. I'm gonna jump in here and just like play around with this guy. And when that f- game first dropped, the guy, one of the guys I worked with, just I mean, went into a black hole with that. Just got sucked in. Like he, you would, didn't see him for like he would come to work. He would do a little bit of work, and then you would just disappear. And I was, it was it was a startup company, so he yeah. could do that. Uh-huh. And it was just I I couldn't figure out. I watched him play a few times. I'm like, I just don't understand how you. Are getting this sucked into this game? Yeah, no. I it's, I watch my uh, my wife's niece and nephew play it, and mm-hmm. I just I could watch them play it for hours. Yeah, like I have. I'm like I don't want to play because that's they're gonna be like this is how you do it. I'm like I don't give a shit. Just <laughs> I, I'm like, but I used to sit there and watch them and like uh, my niece. She just wants to tame horses. That's all she wants mm-hmm. to do. Every she loves horses. And then her brother's just like digging down into the dungeons and grabbing all sorts of shit. And yeah. she's like gets on a horse, but it's not tame, so it's like going like point one miles per hour. And then he gets, like, the rope that she needs to tame it. And she's like, will you give me the rope? And he's like, no, get your own rope. Of course, brothers and sisters. Naturally. And, they, and they're just, I'm sitting there just watching and going, this is amazing that there's just this, this sandbox mm-hmm. that you can just go and play in. And it's there's, like, no real end of the game. I mean, there's kind of a story mode, but not really. Yeah. It's like you build your, your home to prevent the... 
the bad guys. The mobs and, yeah. getting you. Yeah, and that's it. And you just build. And that I always tell people if they're on the fence about Minecraft, because mm-hmm. it is more fun than you think. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell folks, like, all right, look, the first time you play, play it in, um, you know, in the uh, the creative mode. Not creative mode, but the non-survival mode. Okay. So creative is different. That's where you just build random stuff. But the non-survival mode, you can do all the digging. There's a day and night cycle. You have to eat. If you fall, it does hurt you. Mm-hmm. But um, but there's no mobs. There's nothing okay. that's attacking you. And the so mobs are those the, the, the zombie the, things, the, right? Zom- okay. Well, the zombie, there's zombies. There's skeletons. There's spiders. Okay. There's also creepers. That the things that can blow up. Okay. Like, those yeah, are things yeah, you don't yeah. want to. You know, <laughs> some, some bats. But the the big thing with that is that it teaches you and allows you to just play. And you start seeing like, oh man, it's like it is like Legos, but like more cool yeah. and, and, and like in this virtual world. And you start to learn the mechanics and play that for a while. And if you like that. Then you switch it to survival mode, and then it becomes this awesome game. Yeah, because like, because okay. if if you try and play, I think if you don't know if you like the game or you haven't seen people really play it, you start off in survival mode, you're gonna die pretty soon <laughs> because, because you, you have a time cycle. You got to build your little place yeah, and yeah. board it up and put you know get some wood and make a door and make sure that you're not gonna either you know get that light up because mm-hmm. otherwise. I've seen it's really funny. I've seen people like build their first little place, forget to put torches in there, and anywhere like the more the game's gone on, they've made the squares that generate mobs even a little smaller. You need more light, Uh so you can have a place where it's like a you know a six by six room, and you don't you have like one torch, but then there's a dark spot, so then something (laughs) can spawn inside of your place and kill you. So that sounds terrifying. Yeah. There's well, a game like that's it. similar to that. Uh, I played it on Steam. It's like an alpha right now. It's called The Forest. And it's oh. and I, the more that you describe it, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's basically The Forest, but it's more adult-oriented. It's essentially like your plane crashes on an island, mm-hmm. and there's like these like cannibalistic creatures that live there. And you just show up, and you're, you're like, you have to raid, like find whatever you can out of the suitcases, and you have to go and set up shop somewhere. Mm-hmm. And if these creatures see you, they mark where you are, and they will continually come to get you. Really? Um, and uh, like my brother, I played with my brother for like a whole afternoon. He's mm-hmm. like, "All right, we're gonna go to the beach because we're gonna put our backs to the water because they can't come from the water." And we would build, we build like this this shed, and we build like these giant wooden spikes to create mm-hmm. a wall. And then we set up like bonfires and everything like that. It was like terrifying. That's cool. Because then as, as you kill them, like, we take the bodies and put them in the fire. Mm. The flesh would burn away. Then we take their bones and we made this bone armor. So when we put it fully on, we looked like just this horrifying creature. And we went into this cave and found katanas. Why there's katanas in a cave, I don't know. Well, of course. That's where you make katanas. <laughs> right? So we go in there. Because I remember when the fir- we first played, there was, like, a little, like, a hole in the ground that had, like, a, a grappling. Not a grappling hook, but, like, kind of like a, a spelunking rope tied. I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, we should go down here. And he's like, okay. As we're, we're slowly crawling down it gets dark and you have to like turn your lighter on like into see and then we're hearing all this noise we get down there there's all these like bright white creatures like from the descent just like oh, everywhere yeah. and he's like go back up and we're like slowly <laughs> <laughs> climbing the rope back up and it was just like such an interesting type of game where it's like survival and the part that always gets me for those is i'm like when does this end Ooh. It's kind of like any dead-end job I've been in. I'm Never like, when, when does this end? When it you die. Yeah. When you die. Yeah. <laughs> Just like a dead-end job. <laughs> I feel like Minecraft is a little more lovely in that regard, is that it won't ever end because it's a bright, beautiful place. Whereas mm-hmm. this game, I'm like, this is depressing. <laughs> These guys will never get off this island. You'll never kill them all. <laughs> it's called The Forest. Yeah, The Forest. There, there's another game, and I can't remember what the name of it is. It's not Daylight, because that's the weird zombie thing. Is it Dead by Daylight? 
it's the whole thing is it's basically Minecraft and the idea that you build stuff you have to survive. Uh-huh. And it's it was real popular like four oh. or five years ago in beta. Maybe it is daylight. Maybe. No, I know what you're talking about. It's Day Z. Day Z, maybe. Yes. Yeah. And the, it was. I it, played that for about 20 minutes, and it was unbelievable. But I didn't. It was because it was a mod of a game from Arma Three. Uh-huh. Arma Three is like a war game, and someone made a mod based on that. So they took everything from that and built their own game around it. And it was like the most hardcore like zombie survival game ever created and it was crazy because i think the whole thing is that there are no rules no and so you had to like build your you basically woke up naked and then had to like get stuff and build your shelter but then people that have been playing for a long time would either help you or mess with you yeah and that and, and, <laughs> and it, you cannot communicate with them yeah like you have to get a walkie-talkie and you might be able to communicate but you see someone and you're like it's like everyone kind of goes for their their gun and they're like what's going to happen because they don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> Interesting. And because uh, I played it in a, like, and it has like a real night and day cycle. Yeah. And when it's nighttime, you cannot see shit. Yeah. And I just remember like going, where are the zombies? Like I hear, I just like would hunker down in the grass. Like, oh my God, what do I have to do? Then I start getting hungry. I'm like, where's the food? But I remember I went into this building and I was just like trying to, because it was, I was like, okay, there's no zombies in here. But I kept hearing some noise upstairs and I go and there wouldn't be anything. This other player was in there and he was like jumping down coming up like he was trying we were trying to find each other like I didn't know I was just like what is this noise and then like I open up the door and at one point he sees me just shoots me right in the head I'm like what the hell just happened like I I quit that game pretty quick because I'm like this is cool I just can't it's not for me like I don't know the ins and outs of this and I don't want to take the time to learn how it works and I want to say I never played it too but I want to say like that's the other thing too that was crazy about it is that it had kind of a semi permadeath where like where you know, you could play again, but you lost everything. Anything like, that you had is gone. Anything you had is gone, and right. you start back over from zero. <clears throat> yeah. that's, that's, no, that's the frustrating part. No really. weapons, no supplies, nothing. Yeah. So some people could have, like, a really good rifle with a scope and everything that they put together with walkie-talkies and, like, all this sort of – they may have, like – and they go further into where they go. They kind of have, like, their stash or whatever. It's all gone. And now they have to be like, God damn it. Mm-hmm. You have to get from point A to point B. And, of course, it would be like Mad Max where a couple of people would team up. Yeah. And they'd roam around and just murder <laughs> zombie and player alike. It just was like a true Wild West sort of yeah. scenario. Where Minecraft, if you, if you lose your stuff, you can get to go back and grab it <laughs> if you can get it. Because yeah. sometimes mobs help you. But like, I remember there's a story about in the early days of that, mm-hmm. uh, back when G4 still existed and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. But they were talking about how there was like a group of people that were kind of a band that didn't really kill people, but they would go and, like, kind of terrorize people to, like, get them to do things. So, Mm -hmm. like, there was one where, like, they came up to a group of folks and were basically like, if you don't sing your national anthem right now, we're going to kill you. (laughs) (laughs) And then, then, like, they did. They let them live. And they just kept going. It's like a softer version of Negan. Yeah, right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. don't you don't have to get me things? Just sing your national anthem, or you die. I kind of enjoyed that sort of stuff. Like um, there's some guys that used to troll Team Fortress Two. I don't know if you're familiar uh-huh. with that game yeah. at all, but I remember I showed you Justin that room oh, yeah. where there used to be a bug at the start of one of these levels, where like the the door would open up to the level. Well, this guy would play as one of the characters, and he would jump, and he would stick, so no one could get out. And so he would he would uh, use his spray, and he'd spray something. He goes, all right, we're playing a trivia game. Uh, I'm going to spray something <laughs> on the ground. If you can guess this, or if you answer my questions, I'll let you out. 
And everyone's just like, God damn it, let us, and there's nothing to do. He's like, he'd like spray down like um, a, a, a flag. He's like, please name this country. And you see everyone like, everyone's characters like looking down at it and they're like <laughs> trying to figure out what it is so that they would let him out or he'd be like, who is the current, uh, you know, like, I don't know, like who's the secretary of state? For the United States, and people are just like, fuck! And they're just... <laughs> things like that made me happy, because I, if they got it right, he'd let them go. Right, like, yeah. So that was he, like his he thing. He followed his own rules, yeah. Exactly. And oh. I, I always appreciate that sort of stuff, where people are like, I'm going to mess with you, but, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm honorable, in a sense, that mm-hmm. I'll, let you, I'll let you go. Yeah. yeah. Now, I'm, I'm real sad that it won't really matter anymore now, because of the systems have changed, but I loved watching for about a year or so all the Xbox off uh, gags, where people would name themselves in their game, like whatever it might be, like Xbox off. So then when people would say their name, they'd be like, Xbox off. And then, no, 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 no. I never heard it. Oh, it's great. You got to go watch those videos. They're so funny. Oh, my God. Because they're running around and people are just like, hey, man, you see that guy's name? like, what are you talking about? What, Xbox off? Oh, no, 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 no. And then eventually people caught on, so they started naming themselves different commands. Oh, my God. So then it would start to affect... Xbox log off or like things like that. Oh my god, that's brilliant. That is the true internet at its best. I was gonna like, say that is that is a great example of if we used our power our collective powers for good. Like what we <laughs> couldn't accomplish because that's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, because I think a lot of, I mean people figured it out long before, but that was the whole thing is that different Xbox commercials would make your Xbox come on and off if you had to connect. <laughs> because because there's that one commercial with um I remember blanking on his name, a uh, guy from uh, Oh Paul from, Rudd Paul, and, and uh, guy from uh, Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but they were sitting there and be like, Xbox on. And then it would, like, every time a commercial came on, I was like, oh, not. <laughs> Damn it. And then I have to turn my Xbox off. Oh, my God. Now I don't, I don't have the connect hooked up anymore. But, oh, my you know, God. That's hilarious. It, that's so funny. Yeah. And I've seen that so many times in so many different games that I play where people just mess with each other in a good way. My brother, just Justin knows, uh, off and on plays the game Eve online. You oh, yeah. With that? Mm-hmm. A very unforgiving uh, yeah. MMO, um, and his tactic was always uh, he. They would always just start wars with people. It's a band of like eight guys, uh-huh. and uh, they mercilessly just murder other corporations, which are guilds in that game. And um, they just have the, the 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 craziest tactics to infuriate people. One of the things they do is when, once they start a war, is they never communicate. They never talk, type, or chat with any of them. So initially, the other the other team or the corporation that they're fighting. We'll be like, hey, what's up? You know, you guys are stupid. You're gay, blah, blah, blah. But they never respond. And over time, because there's no response, they start to wonder if they're human. Because no one ever says anything. They just kill them and then leave. And then kill them and then leave. And they have a whole bunch of tactics. And over time, they eventually just beg them to quit. And when they say, we give up, we'll pay you whatever, then my brother will be like, hello, nice to meet you. We accept your (laughs) ransom. We will call off the war. That's funny. Or he finds I, I truly think that Doug's brother is part evil mastermind. Like oh, some yeah. of the stuff that he's he's done in this game is just is. So well, you're lawfully good. My brother's more on the other spectrum, oh. where he's like he wants to test the boundaries of humanity <laughs> and see what he can get away with. Well, is he chaotic evil? Is he lawful evil? Did he have be lawful evil? You know, yeah. lawful evil. I don't know what he is because I don't know if he's pure chaotic. Maybe a little more lawful because, but he just really for him it's always. Um, he loves to if there's a PvP option, he wants to do it, mm-hmm. and then he wants to study it so that he can uh, be the best in most situations. Gotcha. And more often than not, he's like the devil on your shoulder that's like, "Do it, gotcha. do it." 
I was playing another game where he's like, all right, we're going to go pick a fight with somebody. And I was like, I don't really want to. My guy's not very good. He's like, oh, look, they have a wagon full of stuff. Kill it. So I'm like, all right, we're going to kill this wagon full of shit. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there just casting spells and I destroy it. And I'm like, what have I done? Mm -hmm. It's because he's like, we're going to get the wagon. Okay, we'll get the wagon. We just go and do it. (laughs) And all of a sudden, I'm like, I've destroyed this guy's goods. I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. Yeah. And then sure enough, all of his friends show up and I'm the first one to die. (laughs) Where's Dave now? Oh, he's there going, go back in. We're going to kill these guys, too. And I'm like, okay, here we go. We're going to kill these guys, too. And I'm like, I'm not very good. No, just just for the folks who uh, might not understand, uh, with this chart we're talking about is yes. from Dungeons & Dragons. There's mm-hmm. a whole chart that you can use to, to your alignment. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always like to explain it in the idea that in the, there's kind of like, there's a lot of different ideas, but there's a kind of four major points that most people choose. And there's a, things around it. So mm-hmm. if you're... Um, lawful good tends to be someone that's like a Jedi, right? Yes. Your chaotic good is more of your Aragons, Ranger type people. Mm-hmm. Your uh, lawful evils are your Lex Luthers, mm-hmm. and your chaotic evils are your Jokers. Yeah, right? that's a so, good way of, of, of explaining it. Yeah, because it's hard sometimes when you, like, people who play those games, a lot of games are based off of that. Like, any sure. kind of like your RPGs use that same alignment or some version of it, but yeah. it's always funny when I encounter people who are like, what? What lawful good? What? <laughs> well, it's funny because I've never played Dungeons and Dragons, but I know enough about them. When someone says, "I'm like, oh, cool, that's their alignment. I got it. Yeah. I, I understand what they're saying." It's actually pretty funny, especially when you're like, I usually you're like, I always play as paladins. Most of the time, when I play games, I play as healers because mm-hmm. I like to be the support. Like, I want to make sure people can stay alive. Because when we did TF, when we played TF two, yes. I would be the heavy. He'd be the healer, and we would yeah. just run trains. I'm always just like, yeah. cool, because I was looking at it as I'm like, if we're both doing the damage but not keeping each other alive, we're not helping each other. Exactly, because mm-hmm. everyone wants to be, you know, the badass with the gun or the badass with the blades who can do the most burst damage and do the coolest things or whatever. But I'm like, someone has to soak up the damage <laughs> as the <laughs> tank, and someone has to keep people alive. Yep. And there's no like. I used to play offensive line on, in football. <laughs> Unsung hero, baby. I'm yeah. the support team here. <laughs> I'm, I'm protecting great. people, making sure everyone's okay. I got your back, you know, uh-huh. that sort of stuff. And that's kind of how I was in games, too. I'm like, well, someone's got to heal. I was like, I might as well do it. It's that's why I rolled this time in World of Warcraft. I'm a healer. As much as I'm just like, I'm terrible at this, probably. I don't know. I'm not being very efficient, but I'm trying. Mm-hmm. I'll yeah. keep my friend alive who I'm playing with. <laughs> He's my number one. And same thing with you. Yeah. I, I would heal you over anyone else. So right, maybe yeah. it's not the best. <laughs> maybe <laughs> more. other people would be calling medic and he's just like right on me like I'm here like, we go no, I got he's an Uber. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny but yeah that's the whole thing you gotta strategize that stuff out uh, now not to backtrack too much but sure. like the uh, if you haven't seen it there's a um uh, video of like an Eve online, like mm. the most expensive battle ever. Have you seen that? Oh my god, it was like a Star Wars. I think you showed me that. Yeah, it yeah. was like I, I, I could be exaggerating, but it was something up of upwards of I think tens of thousands of people were mm-hmm. fighting in a single battle. Yeah, and like and they're like these rare ships and things that like it's very hard to get. And yeah, so yeah. basically, these people were like throwing this into some kind of probably crazy end game of like we finally had the battle we've always wanted <laughs> right yeah that's the thing that I've played Eve off and on but I am the game is so it, it, like the practical side of me loves it because everything in that you know as we've talked about Eve a little bit on here but it's 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 everything's player generated yeah everything from the ships to the ammo mm-hmm. to any sort of like augmentations you have to your character everything is player created yeah so that means when when your ship blows up it's gone yeah but it also makes for an incredibly interesting economy because yeah. people are just straight up they're like all I do is make ships and I make this specific type of ships because there's endless amounts of ships 
but it also leads to some of the best stories of all time because everything that you own can get destroyed. Yes. Yeah. Including, which was one of my favorite stories, is they had like those time cards. Mm-hmm. Basically, they're trying to combat uh, third-party gold farmers. Yeah. So like you can purchase this game time from us for and you sell it in the game for in-game currency and then people in the game can buy it. So ideally the, the process is if you farmed enough in-game currency, you would never have to pay a subscription because then you could just buy one of these time cards. Well, some idiot was in a cargo freighter with like 70 of these and he's just floating along probably on autopilot going wherever he's going. These two guys scanned his cargo and they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> So they shot at it, and they destroyed it, and there's a chance whenever you destroy a ship that the cargo will be destroyed. Yeah. Sure enough, it was all destroyed, and it was literally 2,000 real dollars worth of, oh, worth of stuff that they destroyed. Yeah. And the game that runs at the company, CCP, they were like, hey, uh, you know the risks in this game. We're not going to refund you. Right. Like, yeah. You, you know. You, if you're an idiot, you're, you know. This is, this is the possible, yeah, this is gameplay. This is what but that space battle, I watched yeah. it, and I was like, my mouth just dropped open. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, how do you – and that's all just players yeah. because they're fighting over territory because yeah. there was – the politics in that game are hilarious. There's big groups, and all of a sudden there's infighting. They split off. Mm-hmm. I remember reading, like, the whole article that like goes, all right, here's the brief politics rundown, and they showed a map, the galactic map of who owned what, what groups were against each other, which ones teamed up to form a coalition, yeah. Yeah. a federation to fight each other. And it was insane. Well, it's amazing. Yeah. You can you can actually in games like that you can map how we've gotten how we as a people have <laughs> yes. gotten to where we are. Like oh, yeah. resources, you don't have to. No one had to create zones and you know federations and empire. No one had, but they got created. Like that is just how we are wired to like yeah. always. We must band together and fight these people. And these like it's it's insane. Well, to it's a survival nature. You're tribal yeah. by nature. Yeah. You need it to survive. Yeah. Right? And when the when the dark uh, wants to kill us, we have to gather around the fire to protect ourselves. And, I mean that that is that whole thing of like the the theory of the fact that like we remember our primordial mm-hmm. and primal instincts, right? Yeah. Uh, and that even though we have higher reasoning, we still have this attachment to like we're afraid of the dark because of this primal fear, yes, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. We were attracted to light and all kind, of, all those kind, of, you know, all those kind of things. So I think that's completely true. Yeah. I mean, that's a part of our DNA. Well, it's it's fascinating too because in those games you see true humanity come out because originally in like Eve Online they had a set amount of currency, like there was a mm-hmm. finite amount of it, and just like any other sort of economy, like two or three people yeah. were smarter than everyone else and they accumulated all the currency in the game, and everyone else was like. Come on, they control the game, right? Yeah. So the the game company CCP actually hires like ten to twelve economists to manage and review the economy in the game. And Wall Street Journal has like written articles yeah. about the economy that's of this game. Insane. And that's the part as <laughs> stupid as it sounds. I love the economy in the game. Well, it makes so much sense to me, and I fucking love it. Tell him how what you used to do in the game. Like his <laughs> brother's a space pirate running around. My brother literally, like he and his guys were pirates. So you're like a Ferengi. He, I, I he I'm, runs the shell company that funds his brother's operation. Yeah, I, basically, yeah. I create. Yeah. I would you're, just. I had the specific. You know, I would reverse. We would go into like wormholes, and I would reverse engineer this technology, and I would just sell this stuff on the market, and then my brother and his friends would go out and just murder people. Like that's. <laughs> I just sat there all day. I was like, You cool. ran the company while your brother. It was like, it's like the mob. Someone had to run the yeah, front. And then someone, the, yeah. the, the, <laughs> the skills that you have to learn in the game, and that's also the beauty of it. Like, you can you set your skills to learn in real time, mm-hmm. and you have to have certain skills learned before you can do different things. And the longer that you play, the more skills you accumulate. People will always go back and play the game because 
you, it's not like World of Warcraft, you're like, all right, give me four hours, I will grind my way up to the max level. This is like years of work, of accumulating these skill points and things like that. There's yeah. some skills that literally take 25 days to learn. Like, yeah, like piloting, you were saying, was super, one of those. There's yeah. one of these ships called a Titan, and mm-hmm. it takes about a year to learn all the skills that you need to learn to pilot a Titan. And so, like, you have to put yourself on that track to learn it. So my character skills were all just, like, economics, engineering, mm-hmm. science, uh, marketing, right. <laughs> trading. There's four people yeah. who play that game that had those skills. You were one of them. And there's some people, like, they make their profit up. There's a yeah. day trading skill. Like, you could just go, <laughs> to, the, you go to the market. And the cool yeah, thing, too, trade. is because there's, there's central hubs where people will go and trade. But they're not, like, all interconnected. Like, in World of Warcraft, it's like, okay, I'm looking for wool cloth. You see all the wool cloth that's on the market for that server. It's like, well, this is all the wool cloth that's been put in this system. But there's other systems because people just tend to flock to these systems. But you can put your stuff further out in some place that you want and mark up the price 25% because it's closer to where a battle's happening between two other corporations. And you know they're going to have to refuel or they're going to have to have, like, redo their ammunition. So it's like, hey... I'm going to be a convenience store here. I know you could go all the way over to Jita and get what you need to, but mm-hmm. I'm going to set up shop here that's going to be more expensive, but it's going to be convenient because I know you don't want to jump 10 more places to get what you need to. And, and Eve you is, can do that. <laughs> and Eve is kind of like EverQuest in the world where like there is a real-world dollar mm-hmm. trading ability, right? Yeah. That you can get, in the end, real money mm-hmm. out of selling things to people, right? Exactly. They frown upon it, yeah. but you can't do it. There's a guy that set up a bank in the game. Mm-hmm. Like... Because you can set up contracts where like people will actually agree to the terms in the the, the uh, in the real world you're changing money and then it shows you go online and then yeah. give it to the people and it, it, he basically would be like all right this corporation wants to go to war with this other corporation it costs money so they're like hey look we'll take out a loan of three hundred you know thousand you know credits or whatever like cool and this guy would do that and then he would charge them interest based on the contracts that he would do and they would the system would automatically honor those terms for him and one day he just quit. <laughs> He just logged out with all that money and tried to sell it in the real world. For, and uh, CCP went after him because uh, he was taking their intellectual property and, and, and you know making money. Up. But in-game stuff, they're like, hey, you signed the contracts. Tough right. shit. And it wrecked these, some of these, these corporations. were like, we're fucked. We don't have any money. Because <laughs> he just took that's all their shit and left. Yeah. It was like, adios. And the, the comp- game company is like, no, that's... That's our that's our culture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's well, like person to person. Like EverQuest is that same way too. Mm-hmm. Like you could buy like individual weapons off a person for real world dollars. Yeah, it was just the whole thing it was just like um, you know, in theory, you know, they they said we can't regulate that part. Mm-hmm. Of it. So like if you buy something with someone and they don't give it to you in the game, that's on you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there was also another game. I think it was one of the first ones, uh, Ultima Online. Yeah, Ultima was like that. Yeah, that that game was very unforgiving as well. Uh, my brother had a friend, surprise, chaotic good here or chaotic evil, I should say. He would set up. You could have like players that actually offer goods, like, almost like NPCs, which is a non-playing non-player mm-hmm. character to the non-gamers out there. Mm-hmm. So he would set up a character that would be offering like goods on a road. So someone would come up, but then he would have his other character logged in who was like a rogue, and he'd be stealthed, and he'd be he'd be behind the, the person that would come up to buy the goods. So they would open up the window, and they would buy something, and he would immediately steal it from them. So the person would be like, I thought I bought this. So they'd buy it again, and he'd steal it from them. And he would just do that over and over again. So people would continue to buy this product, and then he would steal it from them automatically, <laughs> and then he would basically make all their money. 
from doing that. Or he would follow. They could have homes in the game, but they would be anywhere in the world, and he would follow someone to their home and steal all their see stuff. where there is, and then like he'd steal their key from them and go in and steal all their shit, and then leave with the door open. So like just. <laughs> It does give you a good insight into just what if people if if laws just broke down like what would you be like exactly. what would you do you yeah. know because they make for great stories that's why I love reading about that oh, stuff yeah. the guy who created Ultima Online like came into the game and was like I am the creator of the game and someone found some flaw in the game where they could kill him <laughs> and they did and they stole his shit which was overpowered, and they started raining hell on the game. <laughs> Another example, World of Warcraft, um, you probably remember this, where there was a dungeon where there would be this uh, disease. I think mm-hmm. it was Zul'Gurub, I think. Yes, yeah, it was the plague that they... Yeah. Yes, do you remember when that happened? Yeah. I saw a post the other day, it was like 10 years ago this happened, and basically what it was is you'd be fighting a boss, and he would put this uh, plague on you, and you couldn't get rid of it. But after a certain amount of time, it would do. It would just eat away all of your health, and then when you died, it would spread mm-hmm. to everyone else. So the mechanic was: you have to kill this guy. Once he does this, you have to kill him quick because everyone's going to die. Well, some assholes realized that it, some people could have pets. Like if you were a hunter, you could have a pet that would fight with you. They would dismiss their pet after they got infected, and it would go away. Then they come back to a central capital city. They let their pet out, and then the, it would spread, mm-hmm. and everyone would die. And it would transfer to the non-player characters, but it wouldn't kill the non-player characters, but they were carriers. So if everyone was going to go, I'm going to go to the auction house, they get, blah, they get, ex- and it was just, there was literally people, there was just skeletons yeah. throughout the capital cities Jeez. of people who this were dead plague, because yeah. of this plague. And people were like, get out of the city. People were like running for the hills. It really was the apocalypse. But there was other people was who it. were healers. They're like, I'll try to res you guys, you know, resurrect you and everything like that. And this was actually studied by the U.S. government. Yeah, for how diseases would spread, possibly really? how people react to them. Because in real time, you're getting how people react, if they freaked out, if they tried to help, if they stayed. It was a kind of a... That is fascinating. The CDC examined it and was like, huh. Interesting. And I just remember it was one of the funniest damn things I'd ever seen because, again, a mechanic that they didn't, th- that was not planned to be that way happened. Yeah. Mm. And I wasn't, I remember, sh- like, after it was kind of cured, if you will, or mm. fixed, I remember walking and still seeing skeletons. Oh, yeah, for a while. I was just like, uh, what happened while I was gone? Like, what's going on here? This is really weird. Yeah. Because <laughs> I want to say that was with the, the original plague, they created that character as like a prequel for Legion, right? I think so, yeah. It was like, because before every time they do an expansion, they add in like almost like pre-game content mm-hmm. uh, to the main game. So there's a mixture of also you get a taste of it, so hopefully you buy it, but yeah. also if you never buy the expansion, you can still kind of participate yeah. in the stuff. Yeah. And that so. was, those are the things where when the, the game planners, like their, their plans go wrong, they go awry, yeah. and then like anarchy happens. <laughs> I just find it to be the most hilarious thing <laughs> I've ever seen. This is not what we intended. They're like, uh oh, we yeah. didn't plan on people hiding <laughs> that plague on their pets and then unleashing it in the capital cities where everyone would die. <laughs> yes. And of course, there was also people helping and people who were trying to make it worse. Yeah, they're yeah. like, yeah, come over here, I need help. And then they're they're infected. They're like, blah, and they would just keep it going, or they go to other cities and spread it there too. So there's no safe place <laughs> to be. You know what? You know what? You know what? Spread city to city usually. The takedown? Damn it, the throwdown. Seriously? I know. Did you do it on purpose this time? No. All right. I'm going to try it one more time. You know what? I'll spread city to city. The throwdown. Oh, he's so defeated. I'm sad. <laughs> I messed it up. I say takedown sometimes. That's I don't the know sad. why. We've been doing this literally over a year. <sighs> and you need, you this is episode 63 or 4. And yeah, I think I'm not by proud now. of that. 
Uh, I beat that that habit for a while, and, and usually, just came back. and usually you sing it too. What's going mm, on? Mm. Throw down. There it is. Okay. All right. So that wasn't a good one, Anthony. It's all good. No, no. It's all. It's also funny because we talked about neither Rogue One or I Doctor know, Strange. right? This, we is, this is this. You is know, I told you before we started. <laughs> I know, yep. I know. It's great. And, we, and you know what? It felt good. It felt I know, good. It's all good. Yeah, We're gonna but, have to have you back on when Rogue One actually drops, yeah. and then we yeah. can actually yeah. talk about yeah, what. Because I like both. Of Doctor Strange is actually, you know. We talk. I, I'm gonna to derail your. Show. No, no. But one of the things that's real fun for me is like always like there are different types of your favorite superheroes, right? Mm-hmm. It depends on like my favorite superhero by, you know, love of who I first loved is mm-hmm. Gambit because I was Cajun. And Everyone loves Gambit. Awful, but yeah. awful superhero. <laughs> but he's Cajun. I was like, it's cool. I'm Cajun too. I'm Creole. Let's get into it. Right? What made him so awful for you? Well, I think that I think that his actual character as it. As it's evolved, and I, 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 a friend of mine um, wrote for it for a while, James Asmus. We talked about him before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I think he did a great job with Gambit. It's mm-hmm. like the new, like he did the kind of the revamp, yeah, relaunch yeah. of him. And I think he's great. I think older Gambit is like weirdly womanizing. <laughs> like you know, it's like that's like that made sense in like the eighties. Yeah, where yeah. now it's like you don't want that. You don't want to be that dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think James did a great job of taking it and making it something cool and different. Yeah, um, cool. So hopefully the movie is a little more like that guy if that happens happens right yeah. i don't want swarmy you know weird pirate dude yeah um yeah but that you know but that's kind of that thing of like you know when i'm younger that was what i loved mm-hmm. I, you know as i got older uh my two favorite characters probably because they're all powerfulness was dr strange nice and and dr manhattan like those okay. are sure. those, those yeah. are kind of like this kind of the opposite ends of like we're one who gets so elevated to the point where he's like i'm no longer human and i yeah. can't deal with you yeah, yeah so one guy who's so powerful but he still tries to help to mm-hmm. a certain degree uh and like you know him and and you know warlock and those people like it's the, these super powered people who yeah. still remember that they were human is also i think what i love about marvel because marvel's all about flawed characters yeah right? yeah yeah and and it's interesting of characters who are as you know, as powerful as Galactus and things like that, but are still used to be human yeah. or are human still, that becomes part of the fun. Yeah, yeah. it's why it's why yeah. I like Thor to a certain degree. Sure. Even though I, as a kid, I didn't like Thor because mm-hmm. it was like oh, Rainbow Bridge and this weird. <laughs> like, I like mythology. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I was like, this is dumb and weird. Yeah. But as I got older and I read more adult Thor stories, there's this cool thing of the fact of like he's still a human being and this power can be taken from him at any time. That's like right. Doctor Strange, yeah. the same thing of like. <clears throat> The power can go away, and that's what makes them, you know, better than say like, no offense, your Supermans, right? Right. Oh, who, are, who, who, who do you who think are, you're offending here? Yeah, no. who are, you know, it's just like weird <laughs> true gods, you know, where yeah. it's like there's no real. That's why Superman's never been interesting to me. But I appreciated Man of Steel. I know Man yeah. of Steel was kind yes. of like, yes, yes, yes. Uh, I liked it because I'm like, oh, I care about him. Finally, mm-hmm. it makes sense. Yeah. Like as opposed to him being like, ah, the only thing that hurts me is this green rock, right? Or, or the uh, versions of him that are the animated, which I yeah. lo- I love that you know, the speech where he's fighting, do- you know, yeah. fighting that whole thing of like, this is why I can unleash on you, yeah, on Dark Side because he has. That whole thing of like I spend all day not trying to break things. Right. You talked about that before. And <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. And ripping, raining it in. Yeah. yeah, like that. That's an interesting thing of like sure. if you are that person, how does that change your life? If you there are people that you let die. Yeah, like there are right. people that you ha- you can't save, and you purposely make that choice. Yeah. And just real quick too, talking about Thor, I've been reading a little bit of the new, uh, the newer versions of him, like yeah. where it goes into female Thor and oh, stuff yeah, like that. Thor, oh, that giving that giving thing away. Yeah. But I mean that is. 
amazing. Amazing. Because not only that, but the thing I love about that is you get to see how heroic Thor really is. Yeah. Like from his, because there's a lot of time travel where he's like at his younger self, his present self, and his like future self. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he refuses to not protect, like Earth is his domain and he will protect it. And when it's the older version of himself, uh, I think I mentioned this, Galactus shows up to like basically be like, I'm going to feast on this. And he's like, no. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even though the world is basically dead and gone. And it's just kind of like a reflection of like what Thor has done. Thor's like, no, this is my planet, and I will fight you. Go, 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 consume on some other planet because right. this is mine. And he, yeah. and it was like, wow, holy shit! Like he's willing to do whatever it takes. And there's something about that that infectious nature of what that Thor it is, right? Yeah. So like, not, and once again, not giving away to people <laughs> who haven't read it, but the reveal of who the female Thor is is yeah. also just like, oh, of course, yeah. She is the person who's doing this because she's also been affected by this need to be the good person. Exactly. Even though it's not good for her. Yeah. And again, not to spoil anything for anyone who doesn't know, at one point Thor is unable to lift the hammer anymore because he's no longer worthy. And then someone else picks it up and it's a female and it becomes a female Thor. And it's like a really cool storyline, which I hope at some point they do in the cinematic universe. It would be That would be cool. Well, I mean, they they almost have to because at some point, if they want any longevity with these characters, I mean, you're not going to have you know any one of these uh, no, at some point it's going to transfer over yeah I mean you're not going to have them doing it literally for like 30 years like yeah. eventually they have to they we'll have, you have to we'll reboot have old it, man yeah. Iron Man at some point right know? yeah <laughs> old man old Downey man. right old, <laughs> old man Downey <laughs> It's just called Tony. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see an old man Thor, you know, based yeah. on that. kind. Of, that would be yeah. great seeing yeah. Thor dealing. It's, it'd be the same thing as like the Logan thing. Yeah. Where it's like the Earth is basically screwed at this point, but he's still around. Mm-hmm. He's one of the last few, still trying. Yeah. few Asgardians left, but he's yeah. still like just doing what he's doing. That'd be yeah. a cool storyline. All right. Let's All get right. back to this throwdown. <laughs> <laughs> so I had I had two that I had one that was going to throw out there, but after you just said your two favorite characters, that made me <laughs> made me think like, what if you put Doctor versus Doctor? Oh, would would that? And now Ooh. I will defect to you on this one because this could be a very very quick, very not interesting throwdown. Like, is there a would there be a chance that there would be? Like, could it go either way, or does Doctor Manhattan just go? You're done. Well, I think the part that's weird is because Doctor Strange has all those other powers from the the Vashanti thing that, that, yeah. that, that he can use. So it, it, it's almost equal in a weird way. Because all right. awesome. All right, so official throwdown today. <laughs> yeah. We got Doctor versus Doctor, Doctor Manhattan versus Doctor Strange. Okay. Oh man. All right, set the stage. <laughs> they're in space. They're in, well, obviously, <laughs> naturally, they're on Mars. Um, yeah, they're. <laughs> In his weird clock palace. Right. <laughs> uh, so, um, I honestly don't even know where to begin to set the stage with these two. Um, all right, they're at a Wendy's. <laughs> okay. right. now, we already did this one. We already yeah. did a Wendy's. Uh, As superheroes do. Right. You know? yeah. Let's say they're in New York. They're in New York. All right, cool. You know, you know they're in New York. and uh... Doctor. All right, so Doctor Strange is taking a day off. He's vacation. He's in Times Square. Okay. Right, and he's just like, oh, this is really nice. Because that's and where he's... true New Yorkers go, to vacation. They yeah. go to Times Square. Square. He's like, I haven't okay. been here in a like long time. Like in Chicago, time. we yeah. all go to Navy Pier and our days off. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> So he's uh, so he's in t- middle of Times Square, right? And uh, all of a sudden, he starts seeing like electricity, like you know, like jolting <laughs> from thing to thing, you know, all the the screens and everything. And then uh, the big clock in Times Square just explodes, uh-huh. right? And then he's like Manhattan. <laughs> Justin, you should write. <laughs> Uh, and uh, Dr. Manhattan, um, you know, just kind of 
apparates, if mm-hmm. you will, mm-hmm. um, and <laughs> to bring another here, world here, into here. this. <laughs> Why not? Uh, I, this is the worst setup. I, guys, I don't know. There you is, set this th- thing up. Well, well, I don't well know. the new movie is in New York, right? Yeah. That's where he releases yeah. the, the creatures, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it works. Perfect. All right, <laughs> cool. So... All right, so Dr. Manhattan is helping out the new guy from Harry Potter trying to catch all these creatures, right? And Strange is like, you're fucking up my vacation, man. Like, I'm trying to, you know, and he's like, look, we have to catch these creatures, these, uh, these, these mystical creatures, and where to find them. We have to catch them and find them. And so Strange, Manhattan's like, you're in my way. And, you know, Strange is like, look, you're in my way of enjoying myself in this overcrowded area of the city I live in. And so they're just both on edge, just pissed. Go. <laughs> oh, man. Face to face, Times Square. <laughs> well, I think Dr. Manhattan has the advantage of not being emotional in yes. this. So, like, Very true. He, uh, so he's more annoyed than, than angry. Well, I think, like, I think in that, that regard, for, he's if, detached. He, if, if, he, if he decides he's going to do something like very like, drastic to do what he needs to do to get rid of Doctor Strange, he'll do it. He's mm-hmm. kind of, you know, to throw back to the AI thing, he's more on the mechanical side of that. Yes. So he will just do what he has to do to destroy. So I think that gives him a, a plus. Yeah. Okay. Now, now there is a certain amount, of, though, with Doctor Strange, which is so, because he is a person that takes a lot of crazy risks mm-hmm. and also makes unusual choices, yeah. right? Because I, I might be wrong, if I remember correctly... He's the one in the Illuminati who specifically is like, we have to get rid of Hulk. I think so, Cause yes. Because he, he, if he is a part of this coming uh, Civil War stuff, mm-hmm. like, it will be bad. Yeah. Because that's the whole thing, right, is that in the book, he can, like, see – it doesn't predict the future, but current events show up inside yeah. of it. So he knew that, like, this thing is coming. This is going to be bad. We need get him to, out of here. We got to get rid of him because in the Civil War, if he's on either side, it will obliterate the other side, right? <laughs> gotcha, yeah, okay. And so then he sends him off into space. They trick him, and then comes World in one War Hulk. Because you know, Plant Hulk and War Hulk is one yeah. of the best storylines ever. Yeah, but there, but he is he is also even though he's not detached, he is willing to make these like crazy choices. Sure, I don't think he'd kill anybody. Mm-hmm. Where Manhattan might be like, well, this is a better choice. You all have to die by sure. New York. <laughs> well, when we saw at the end of Watchmen, he kills Rorschach because he's like, I got to do it. Like, yeah. it's for to save the world, right? You yes. know, so I'll do that. So he's, you know, he's willing to do yeah. that. But but there is a little bit of that wild card in Strange too, mm-hmm. which is that interesting thing. Is why he's so good is that he does think outside the box. Yeah, right. I still think in the end, Manhattan would have that end edge because he would. He would probably, if he, it made sense, would just destroy. I guess why he goes to Mars. He's like, well, Earth doesn't deserve to live, really. So I yeah. need to go somewhere else. Otherwise, I would just destroy it because it's yeah. better for everyone. Exactly. <laughs> so he's yeah. taking himself out of the equation. Correct. Yeah. And I mean, not to mention that I don't know what Doctor. I think that the the best Doctor Strange could do would be to transport him somewhere else yes. to basically remove him because I don't think Doctor Strange could destroy him. No, because that's the whole thing is that he can manipulate everything on a molecular level. Yeah. So he could. Anything he does, he'd be able to yeah. undo it, affect it, change it. He exists in all times. Sure. That's strange or uh, Manhattan? Manhattan. Or Manhattan, yeah, okay. Because yeah. that's kind of the weird yeah. thing that you start to learn is that he's in. he can exist in anywhere in his own timeline right, and all right. that kind of stuff. Now, strange can do things that involve like time, space. like That's the whole thing. But it's also gifted to him. Yeah by these powerful ancient cosmic creatures. Yeah. So th- potentially too in right before this throwdown goes down they could just lift the powers off him Correct. and then he's just immortal Th- again. That that is the one of the things that has cuz he that's the whole thing is he has these 
the Supreme Sorceress has the ability to use all these things. Right, if they're right. not, in theory, they don't help you. Okay. Yeah. And I know that was one of the weird storylines that kind of happened in the recent Strange, like the last you know 15 years or so. Mm-hmm. That was the whole thing is that he lost the – he gave up the powers, but then he got them back because mm-hmm. even without the powers, just using his normal magic, yeah. he still defended the Earth. Okay. So mm-hmm. then they gave him back the title okay. of Supreme Sorceress yeah. or Sorcerer. So even though like Dr. Manhattan exists on a, the molecular level – I know Dutch Strange is using magic, yep. which may not necessarily do that. But again, I don't think he could do anything that would destroy yep. Manhattan. I think the most thing he could do would just be like, we're going to send him to some other dimension or yeah. whatever. Or, or disrupt him to the point we like, we are permanently in a state of being you know, uh, in, in particle form. Yeah. Like, that could happen. Cause that's sure. one of those weird things that happen with the magic users more yeah. so in DC, but like, yeah. that's the whole thing of like Superman can be hurt by magic. Right. Right. Yeah. right. And so that's that sure. kind of weird X factor. Of, right. You of, don't yeah. know where or how deep or what side his powers could come from. Yeah. So he could, he could affect Manhattan in some way that but you not even Manhattan knows. Con- yeah. yeah. We can't conceive of cause it sure. defies science. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And Manhattan's very logical and it's all physics based. Yes. And all very science based. And, Everything strange is thrown at him has no basis of scientific fact at all. So Manhattan might not even be able to. I feel to like if you did this that. fight, like you know, simulated like ten thousand times, I feel like eighty-five to ninety percent of the time, Doctor Manhattan would win. Yes, and I feel like there would be that X factor mm-hmm. that Strange would either come up with or do where he could win some of the time. But I think more often than not, I have to give it to Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, I think he I would agree. just have the. He's just. He's the immovable object in that regard. Yeah, and, and it's that humanity thing. That yeah. that's the that yeah. is the true X factor of I think Strange would not destroy the world to, <laughs> to you know to, to catch to, these to beasts catch, to catch these beasts. Yeah. You know what those, <laughs> I mean, come on, let's let everybody know. He's like, look, if I can't catch them, I'll just destroy New York. He's like, problem solved. Yeah, because <laughs> they're gone and they're not going to hurt anybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What property am I jumping into uh, next? Yeah, so now yeah. I'll just go to Mars. Exactly. <laughs> there it is, Doctor Manhattan for the win. Awesome, we got it, Anthony. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here and thank chat with you us. So much this for having me. Really I'd love yeah, to come back. It's, it's oh, we'd love great. to have yeah. you back. This was so yeah. much fun. We can actually talk about what we were <laughs> thinking about talking about, but that was so much fun to talk about everything else that we did. Uh, Anthony, I know you got a lot of stuff going on. Is there anything you want to promote? Uh, I would just say, uh, you know, keep seeing live theater. It's a, it's a fun, cool thing. Mm-hmm. It's different and, and awesome. Uh, and then uh, I would say if you haven't watched it, what's wrong with you? But um, Luke Cage is amazing yes. and great. Oh, and it's yes. one of those things where, I, I, you know, I'm, promote, I'm pushing this because there's something about the, the, the premise of that show. And I had a discussion with someone recently of, like, someone said, oh, man, like, Striker's not a great bad, you know, bad guy, blah, blah, And I was like, well, no. It's like, because it's a, it's a weird thing. Like, yes, he's Marvel villains aren't always the best, right? Sure. But there's something great about the premise of this show, which is that are you your brother's keeper, mm-hmm. which ties into the, the reason of using Harlem, using this idea yeah. of, of the inner city and this idea of being a black man, if you don't, you can't see me, you know, <laughs> I'm, a black, I'm a black man. But there's something powerful about the idea of a mixture of, um, giving back to a place that that we've created, like giving back to the community, but also protecting the community sometimes from itself. Mm-hmm. That's just very interesting. And as part of that, of like, you know, you have like we have to be our brothers' keepers, and sometimes that means keeping some people in check, yeah, to make sure that everyone's able to move forward. Sure, but that in no way diminishes the reaction that we have to outside forces, mm-hmm. right? And that's yeah. the thing that's also kind of interesting and cool about 
Luke Cage is that that same thing is at play of like, yeah, there are some bad people in this neighborhood that I have to take care of, but it doesn't diminish the idea that you can just come in, not running through anybody, but yeah. like that the New York Police Department can't come in and just rough up who they want. Sure, right. right. Yeah. Those are those are those are not equivalent things that like because we have this element yeah. doesn't mean that you get to do this to us. Yeah. Right. And that was a cool it's, it's in this time in, in space right now, it dealt a lot with like police brutality, yeah. um, you so know much. profiling, all these things in a great way in which like it still was like, yes, the the Harlem Police Department and the folks who are doing the right thing, we can celebrate those people. Yeah. But also we can admonish these other people who are abusing power and and profiling and doing all these other things. That was a that was a real cool thing to see you know and how a lot of famous black folk in there yeah. like yeah t- and it, it, it's just a great thing to watch i think right now to like you know especially having a hero like that black panther coming out <laughs> yes there's a lot of cool things happening you know uh, marvel like you know carol danvers like there's a lot of cool things with like diversity inclusion things yeah. that are happening in comics that gives us a lot of hope for the real <laughs> world, right? Exactly. Uh, if you haven't seen his, uh, and I, I, I always blank on his name. Who plays Luke Cage? Mike Coulter. Yeah, Mike Coulter. So if you haven't seen his interview on on the Daily Show, was uh, I think it was it was this week so, or let we were airing this last week sometime? Mm-hmm. Uh, two weeks ago? I don't know. Um, <laughs> go check him out on the Daily Show. Uh, he actually had spoken. Uh, in depth about because he got asked like you know with you know there are the with brings in a lot of the political climate and the police brutality and everything Black Lives Matter and he was asked like is that something that made you take this role that you wanted to this and this and he goes you know at first no like I didn't it didn't cross my vision that that was in this he goes but then once I started diving into the scripts and really like looking at some of the context and everything he goes and he started talking about like the responsibility that entertainment has to kind of mm-hmm. help with further the discussion and it was it, he mentioned it briefly but what he said spoke in the in the little bit that he said he spoke volumes and it was just a really cool interview so I would say go check that out and then absolutely watch watch yeah, it's a great yeah. show I loved yeah. it it was fantastic yeah, yeah. Was cool is there any place you, uh, if you want to if you don't want to it's find a uh, Facebook Twitter any, any place oh, you yeah. want to follow I'm, you I'm on, the, I'm on the Facebooks and all that <laughs> stuff uh, so it's my name Anthony LeBlanc for almost everything that Twitter mm-hmm. it's easy to find me and Instagram very cool uh, so you, you put my name in there you can get at me I respond to stuff <laughs> nice also take some classes at Second City you'll definitely run into them and come see the main stage show absolutely yeah awesome cool you guys can find Mind Gap on Facebook we're also on Twitter where we currently have 27 followers alright woo we're getting to that 30 mark uh, in which case we will shut it down and uh, never never use it again right that's, that's not, the deal that's not the deal the deal, the deal is once we hit 30 followers Doug tweets all day for 12 hours it's going to interfere with my job, but I'll do what i got to do. <laughs> you can find us on uh, Twitter at MindGapPodcast, and Justin has a website. You can find me online at JustinStrandland.com. You can listen to this podcast as well as the other one I do every Monday with Milo Stevanovich. It's called The Best Bar Podcast Ever, and it truly is The Best Bar Podcast Ever. It's on true. Instagram, Snapchat, and uh, Twitter, at Justin underscore Michael, spelled M-I-K-E-L. And uh, while you're in the online realm, check us out on iTunes. Subscribe to us. Review us. Uh, let us know if there's a topic you want us to talk about or if you think you have what it takes to be a mind gapper. Come on and uh, you can be a guest sitting across from Doug and I. Um, we can't promise we'll record in a space this cool with, for you, but, you know, depending on who you are, maybe we will. Maybe I, don't we will. I don't know. Um, also check out 2East8th.com uh, and 2East8th uh, on all social medias. All right. Thanks again, Anthony. We appreciate it. Thank you. We we'll love you guys. We'll see you next week. Mind Gap Podcast.